comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined tonight by, as usual... Pierce. Hey, guys. And we're joined again by Dave. Hey, guys. So, uh, tonight we're going to talk about a idea that Chaney sent us in to talk about. Chaney reference. <laughs> Chaney reference. Uh, he wanted us to talk about crowdsourcing, Kickstarter, Indiegogo. There's a bunch of different companies and different websites that do this. It's also called crowdfunding. And I guess there is a, a distinction. Like, crowdsourcing is more just, hey, everybody bring... It's basically potluck, but for making, you know, so, yeah, something. Yeah, I took you know. crowdsourcing as, like, open software kind of thing. That so, might be an example as well. Um, but, you know, crowdfunding, crowdsourcing, it's just, in, in the context we're talking about, think the Kickstarter model, you know, think yeah. the PBS model, think... I have this I, idea, give me money to do it. And I will give you rewards, usually. I mean, a I guess... A tote bag. Well, I mean, some of the rewards are pretty cool. Oh, yeah, you just mentioned PBS. And they, uh, I have this well, idea for some really crappy public broadcast program. Exactly. And I'll give you a tote bag for the money. But, you. but they, also, they have DVD sets and all different yeah. things, and they have different different levels of... Interaction as well. Have either of you guys done any crowdsourcing? I don't. When I say done, I don't mean like started your own project. But have you? <laughs> have you contributed to any? Have there been good experiences, bad experiences? I got my stories, but you guys start off. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dave, you, you can go for. It. I don't know if you have. I would say I haven't contributed to any crowdsourcing yet. I've. I keep up on Kickstarter pretty regularly. I'm just really trying to find something I really want to invest money into. So far, like. Half from the, hey, this thing really interests me, and part of the, oh, yeah, I'd really like to be a part of this company if they offer stock options, because some of them, for the bigger things they actually do, offer options into their stock and into their company. Really? That's cool. I don't know that I've seen that in any... I mean, when I go to Kickstarter, it's usually because I've been brought there by a link from some company or whatever that I already follow, and it's, hey, we're doing this, so I follow directly to theirs. I don't really browse Kickstarter too much, um... But so no, I haven't. I haven't. So actually, that's cool. I do the opposite. I actually just go on Kickstarter and just look at what they have up there. Sometimes I look. I like to browse it because if you go in there through one of their search engines, you can actually browse local Kickstarter programs oh, really? going on in your area. And they've had a couple of cool things. A lot of them are really cheesy movie ideas. Uh, right, I imagine so, so. Most of them involving zombies and or vampires. But yeah, they actually do have some larger companies that are trying to gain funding for a project they're doing that will offer stock options into their company at some points. That's cool. Well, I did know I did know that they do larger things. Like Tony was just talking about one on group chat. They were talking about some kind of phone that they needed like sixty million dollars to fund on Indiegogo, and yeah, they. They, they didn't think it would happen, but it was one of those things where not only do you get the phone, but you also have say in like the development of everything. It was like a big deal. And uh, like, so some type of smartphone, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, Built on an existing software package like Android or iOS. It, or? it was it was an Android it was an Android based phone, but it was just like a super high end one, okay. uh, where you had to contribute like a thousand dollars just to get a phone. So, okay. Yeah, it was like a really high end. That you. theoretically makes it easier to reach a million, and theoretically does. No, I guess they, the I guess they probably time, had yeah. lower options as well if you just wanted to support it or get a sticker or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming one thousand was not the lowest they would yeah. accept. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's what I love about Kickstarter is the ones that just like, oh, you can donate a dollar, and we'll give you a pat on the back and say thank you. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. seen like virtual high five. Or, yeah. Uh, 
things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you? Yes, I have. Um, so Kickstarter and Kickstarter is actually a big debate in the board game community, actually, because these days, if you want to create a board game, you usually end up going to Kickstarter uh, to get it funded. And it, it's kind of happening with uh, video games, too, where Kickstarter isn't so much, hey, I have this idea and I want to start this company. It's, hey, buy my product ahead of time so that I can actually create the product in the first place. Oh, a lot of them like that, sure. And it's actually causing some problems in the, in the board game community because it's like, well, yeah, you're getting the funding to do this. Cool, great. But you're also not sending it to brick-and-mortar stores. You're just kind of selling it through the Kickstarter, and that's more or less it. Well, are all of them like that? Because I've got to imagine some are sending to brick-and-mortar stores and some aren't. So, yeah, some some are. Some definitely are. But if they kind of went down the normal protocol route, it, it would take more time. It would be more difficult. Correct. You lose a lot of control. You lose, a lot yeah. More st- you know, a lot more cooks in the kitchen, which can be a bad thing, can be a good thing, quite honestly. Yeah, but it also, it also doesn't develop uh, like a, a local community as well as if it kind of... Uh, okay. Yeah, so you don't have, oh, I bought this game, I'll play with my group friends, but if you were selling it at a store, you'd have the people you know, pushing it and, and whatnot. But, but so if, if, if you know, Kickstarter board game X decides mm-hmm. they just want to sell it through... I mean, I'm assuming even the ones who don't put it to brick and mortar stores have it available on their website or something. Oh, you yeah. Know, I can't imagine any of them just limited to only the people oh, who can Oh, absolutely, it. absolutely. But that's their prerogative. I mean, oh, it might no, not yeah. be the soundest business decision, or maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, it's yeah. 2013. I mean, most of the stuff I buy is not through a brick and mortar store. <laughs> yeah, so. Exactly. And and that's the uh, that's the actual whole debate in it. And, you know, is it better in the short term or long term? I don't really have a side in it. It's just, you know, that's the debate going on in the community right now. None of us run a business. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, going into the brick and mortar stores thing is, I feel like if if they're developing the game through Kickstarter and they're just trying to get it out there to almost like be beta tested before it's playing, that could be the step before they take it to brick and mortar stores too. And there's nothing stopping from uh, like a local gaming store from looking on Kickstarter, finding this up and coming game, even writing to the people developing it and say, "Hey, I want X amount of your games. Here's X amount of dollars to beta test in my store with my customers." Yeah, and, and that actually is something, you know, and this is going off down the track of uh, board games. Also, I just want to make the formal announcement. I got the I got an advanced copy of Firefly, the board game from Gen Con, and I'm the happiest person in the world right now. I just had <laughs> it. It was pretty, pretty cool ever. looking. I was at your house the other day. We didn't actually end up getting to play it, but it looked really nice. Yeah, I've gotten a couple of games in so far. It's it's really good. And hopefully, we'll get a game in this weekend. Uh, but uh, I'd like to, yeah. When, yeah, yeah. When Mike's in. Yeah, exactly. And we need a fourth Dave. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> we need a fourth Dave. We have three other games. <laughs> <laughs> we need a fourth Dave. So, so yeah, it has, it has completely unrelated anything that didn't actually kickstart that project. I'm just really proud of that little one. Uh, Investment was it a Kickstarter project? I'm going to assume not, since it's a licensed property. Yeah, it was not a Kickstarter property. Uh, Kickstarter product. It was uh, just developed, and yeah. So and Which, won't be out to November. So I have uh, seen a few. It's it's always surprising, I guess, to the layperson, laughable to me, just because of my intellectual property law background. Yeah, but you do see occasionally like people come to the table with a licensed property that they haven't licensed, like that Inspector Space Time web series the guy wanted to do. Or it's oh, like, I didn't know about that. You do realize you're basically setting yourself up to be sued, and not even like just regular sued, like you're documenting every <laughs> everything you're doing wrong by having this. That's I mean, true. Not to say like if you're going to do an unlicensed thing, you should not do it on Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. like, don't no, document the, the illegal things. I'm not saying don't document before. your... your unlawful activities, I'm saying, don't do them, but also, just don't be an idiot in the first place. I mean, not to say, like, some of those ideas, like an Inspector Space Time web show could be very cool, but it's, just, it's interesting to see, just like the average layperson 
average like person that's a bit redundant, but just like the average person doesn't understand uh, fair use. You know, everyone thinks they understand fair use. Very few people actually yeah. do. It's much more complicated. You know, if, if someone brings up fair use, just ask, oh, the, the affirmative defense, and when they look at you blankly, <laughs> just laugh and wait for them to get sued because they have no idea what they're dealing with. That said... Yeah, I was about to say, thank you, Mr. Law. But, uh, <laughs> it is always funny to me where people... It, it, it just kind of broadens that misunderstanding amongst people of, oh, I've always wanted to do my own Superman comic. I'm going to do it on... I, I keep trying to f- figure out in my brain the best way to do the Fantastic Four uh, rest of Development reference here, but I can't <laughs> quite fit it in the joke properly. She's the... But, what was it? The barely visible girl. Barely, yeah. The, the non-seeable girl, and I'm her, you know, rock friend or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Her rock friend. Jumping off of, you know, uh, licensed things, actually the most recent thing on Kickstart, Kickstarted, I guess is the proper word, is a licensed property, but developed by the company. Uh, right, and in so, those cases it's totally oh, yeah, fine. It, if you own the product, if you own the property, it's, you know. This is actually a bit of the reverse deal, where uh, the the tabletop game War Machine that I play is developing a video game version. And I think, Dave, you and I talked about a little bit before, where it's basically their, their game as a video game, and I think they hit their goal in, what, like 30, 40 minutes, honestly? Well, that's one of those things that's got a pre-established fan base. Exactly, and the yeah. thing is, though, War Machine's had a whole bunch of video games before. Is this just No, no, that's style? Warhammer. Oh, okay. So War Machine has not had any? No, okay. So War Machine's a lot newer. So <clears throat> 25 years ago or so was Warhammer. And then a couple people... Whatever, which is still around. It's not which like, is still around. only around 25 around. years ago. But like a couple people from that company about like 12 years ago or so were just like, I think a good idea if we did this to the game, change this around, this, that, the other thing. And the, everyone else was like, haha, no. And so they left, formed their own company, and now they're becoming more successful. So uh, Warhammer's had a lot of video games, but War Machine just actually kickstarted their own project. I, I don't know that I ever realized they were two different things. I'm yeah. Honestly, that makes me feel really dumb because I've seen them both around. I just always assume they're the same exact thing. They're little oh, plastic yeah. men that you paint and you battle. To <laughs> That's the thing. Like at the end of the day, they're 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 all little plastic and metal men. But yeah, it's actually really funny because at at stores they'll have like the War Machine side and the Warhammer side, and then you talk about oh we don't go over to the other side of the store. You know, so, so dumb. Like what uh, you like. Don't worry about. No, what no, it's it's just a joke. Every, I, 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 I'm, I'm not exactly. saying I'm not putting that at you. I'm just saying in general, like. Oh yeah, no. Star Trek versus Star Wars. Why can't I like both? And why can't you like one or the other? And we don't have to argue about. Oh yeah, you know that's it, it, everyone's. It, yeah, it's not a real argument. People, you know, play both all the time. But yeah, you so, say it's not a real argument. I've seen plenty of people where it is. I'm, I'm sure there's like, yeah people on the internet. A lot of hate mail. How Star Trek and Star Wars are not the same thing now. Thanks a lot. Okay, hey, that's fine. They're, they're not the same. No, what? They're, they're not the same. Picard doesn't have a lightsaber. That'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> kind of. That would explain where his hair is. Um, <laughs> So, I, I've contributed to two different Kickstarter campaigns. I've not used any other crowdsourcing, crowdfunding so the websites. Go-go, nothing yeah. against them, it's just nothing's really come up. There's a couple where I almost did, and part of it that I didn't was, A, I was either broke at the time, or, oh, I've already got a Kickstarter account, do I really want another thing I'm signing up for? Which does limit me to, do I really want to sign up for another mailing list, and another social media thing, and another yeah. whatever? Not that I'm burned out or anything, it's just I already get tons of non-spam spam spam a a day from things I legitimately signed up for, do I really want another? So both cases where I funded or helped fund Kickstarter things were bands. Uh, Bands I was familiar with. The first one was Tourniquet. They wanted to crowdfund an album. It was the first one they'd put out since 2005. 
And so like two years ago, they put it up there. And then a year and a half later, I got an album in the mail. I think it had one, a signature from one of the band members. I think like if you had gone to a next tier, you could have gotten all the band members or something. They had all different things. But so I got that. I was really cool with it. The other one I've helped fund was Five Iron Frenzy. They broke up in 2003, I believe. Some of them. And then last year, somewhere about... I was actually at your house when it started, because they announced before the campaign went live, hey, we're going to do this. And they had fully funded it within an hour, I believe, right? Because we I was sitting there in your basement, like, refreshing the page. I remember that. And it kept going yeah. up and up and up. And it ended up, they wanted, like, $30,000, and they got, like, two hundred and fifty or something like that. $250,000. Yeah. It, it, uh, it went really, or maybe 600000 whatever it was. It was extremely over-funded um, in, in a good way. Like yeah. it's, it's always one of those things where it's nice to be like, you know, a band goes away, and then they come back, and, wow, people really do still care. This is a band I care about. Yeah. And so, um, it'll be fun. And they've been putting out updates. I think the album comes out sometime this year, but they've been posting, you know, free, like, silly songs on the thing oh, and different so. things for the for the, for the the people who helped fund it. So that brings up another distinction. We talk about official licensed properties or tech ideas, different things. Do you guys have a side? Have you, have you bet on a horse in terms of the argument of, oh, it should only be for independent people versus... You know, it should be open for everyone. Because you have things like where Jack, uh, Zach Braff comes in and wants to kickstart a movie, and everybody gets up in arms about it. But War Machine goes in and yeah. wants to kickstart something, and everybody's like, awesome, a War Machine game. For me, I think, I generally think people who complain about things are dumb. That's so why I like to complain about the people who complain about things and creating a feedback loop. But, because right. apparently they've complained about me, I don't know. So there's no real loop there. Or we complain about you all the time. No. Yeah, that's true. It's more, it's more of a chain of feedback, not a loop. <laughs> So in that case, I mean, do you, do does it bother you? I mean, obviously it can't bother you too much if you're helping fund a, a, a War Machine game, Pierce. Well, I can say it does, but just because, you know, I can make a double standard because I'm a War Machine. But something like that, not really. I mean, I think if you could have the means to do it another way, maybe you should go about that. Why? Well, all right, so nothing is guaranteed with Kickstarter. Like, right. there are... Kickstarter horror stories. Yeah, um, people... Kickstarters who have started and then nobody ever got anything out of it. Yeah, or or um, Tim Schafer from Double Fine Productions, the guy who made uh, one of my favorite video games of all time, Psychonauts. Um, he's he's the guy that made a lot of the old-school point-and-click adventures. Right, the, the Pirates games and the, so a lot of stuff exactly. from the Arts. Uh, Tentacle, I believe, was him. He, exactly. And so he wanted to make a really high-end one. And uh, the Kickstarter like got overly funded. It went amazingly... And um, they kind of helped that along by they kept putting stretch goals in. Yeah, and that's like, another thing. Hey, you if can we do, yeah. you know we wanted a million, but we're close to two. So if we get two million, we'll add X to the game. And if we get three million, now you know they get two. So now if we get three million, we'll add this to the game. And that's actually the uh, stretch goals is actually a big thing. That's actually what happened with War Machine, where they needed like five hundred thousand. They ended up with a million five hundred. So um, you know stretch goals are actually a big thing. Well, Tim Schafer was all like had this apparently bigger idea once he started seeing the dollar signs and uh, went over and above and then came back to him and was like, yeah, we made $3 million and the game's only halfway finished because we made it a lot bigger than we thought we could be able to do. And so, like, no one got anything because he ran out of funding and, you know... Didn't they start a second campaign to, like, get the extra they needed? I'm not sure. I, I think where it stands right now is they're going to release the game in installments, and if you kickstart it, you get all of it for free. Okay, that's um, a cool way to do it. Yeah, but so basically, my thing is, Kickstarter is not a guarantee, and there's a lot of ways and times at horror stores like that where it falls through. Like another uh, common one in the game, board game industry is a guy was making this game, and his girlfriend 
uh, was Chinese, and his business partner was his girlfriend's father. So when they broke up, he didn't speak Chinese, and he was stuck. And what ended up happening was he did something wrong on an order, and all his boxes got crushed. And so he had to sell his house and all sorts of stuff in order to fund, you know, to, to reship everything. And he lost everything just to get people to kickstart things when he did the right thing. But, I mean, um, is, is that's not a Kickstarter-specific problem. That could happen with any company anywhere. No, I, I, absolutely. But what I'm saying is when you do that with Kickstarter, you are just you on your own. If you can go through a company, like, I'm all for, if you want to cut out the middleman, go for it. But there is something to be said about a support network. Sure. So, you know, let's say you were that guy... If you were going through a board game development company, yeah, you lost your girlfriend and your business partner, and so you'd have to do it on your own. But if you're going through a company, you'd be able to find someone else. So, you know, you're not relying on, you know, your relationship staying together. No, but if your boxes get crushed, you're still, you know, then you're answering to investors and you're answering you to... Are. You, you are. You have legal ramifications. But you would mistakes. hopefully, through the company, be able to find someone else that can translate and not have that Hopefully, but I'd hope even with, like... I mean, the story you're telling right here, why didn't he just hire a translator? And that's something I you know, too. Again, it's not a Kickstarter thing. It's just a bad business model. And, 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 and Kickstarter I aside. Yeah, Kickstarter aside. But my point is just like, you know... Never go into business with your friends and family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah never, never Generally good that. advice. Especially on, on, a, on a relationship there. But, uh, yeah. yeah. It's sort of like tattoos. Final tattoos. Don't get anyone's name tattooed on you unless they've been dead for a significant amount of time and you're pretty sure that no skeletons are going to come out of the closet that, oh, they were actually a mass murderer. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, or mass murderer. I don't know why I pronounced it strangely, but... Yeah, that was, that was a lot. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, don't don't get a girlfriend or wife or husbands or boyfriends or anything's name tattooed on you. You will regret it, even if the relationship goes well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because when their name suddenly morphs when you're 70, that's going to be... Uh, <laughs> but, uh... Yes, so uh, my point with that is not, uh, they have full right to, to do it through Kickstarter, but I think, you know, if you're someone maybe a little bit more successful like Zach Braff. Well, what about uh, Tim Schaefer? He could have gone through any number of publishing companies f- for it. He, he could have. But the difference yeah. is, you like Tim Schaefer. No, I. I, I a large number disagree. of people like Tim Schaefer, whereas a large number of people dislike Zach Braff, regardless of what product he is connected to. Yeah. And so they're quick to complain about him. You know, yeah. EA, the video game company, does X. Everybody complains. <laughs> Steam and Valve do the same thing. It's, oh, this is going to be awesome because it's Steam and Valve. Yeah. No, it's double standard, you know. Did, did you guys hear about the, the whole the Origin Humble Bundle? Yeah. Yeah, where now everyone's like, EA, you suck. And EA just gives you this wonderful gift. And it's like, thanks, but you still suck. Yeah. yeah. You know, so... Microsoft, with the whole Xbox One, they make a decision that... Some people liked, some people didn't, but the people who didn't were very vocal about it. Yeah. They they reversed the policy and go, okay, we'll make everybody to, happy. To be fair, it was a and large number of the... Uh, so the average person that just used an Xbox casually didn't have a problem. But anyone that would be considered an avid gamer... Would you consider me an avid gamer? Yeah, I guess. I thought it was awesome what they were going to do, and they changed it. Well, I'm not saying they should or shouldn't have. Hey, they made a business decision. It was probably a smart business decision, at least for the short term. I think long term it was poor, but I'm not running Microsoft. Uh, but the, <laughs> so is. they changed their mind, and everybody still complains. You know, and people forget things like, you know, Steam when Steam started, for years, Steam was terrible. Oh, I hated it. Yeah, Steam hated was it so the much. worst, and now everybody loves Steam, and don't get me wrong, they've, they've changed, they've repaired things, they've made it better. Generally, Steam is pretty awesome now, but, you know, you so you get those distinctions between, you know, the Zach Braffs and 
the EAs and the Steams and the Tim Schafers, yeah. where it's and the Melissa Joan Hart's. And did you hear, <laughs> did you hear about her? I, I do. No. I remember reading something. She wanted a quick Kickstarter movie version. She, of the she, show she tried to Kickstarter movie, and no one gave her money. Well, I mean, that's also thing. that window had probably closed. Had Kickstarter been around fifteen years ago? Yeah, that's that's my take on the whole Kickstarter thing too. About like should bigger companies, should like celebrities that may have the means to do so use a Kickstarter to get what they want going. It really just comes down to the point, like, you know, if you're on Kickstarter and you see something you like, you know, you can make an investment, but it's still, like, you're still making an investment to a company. Like, not every company you make an investment to takes off and and profits. It's just Kickstarter gives you, like, you know, you can invest in Apple and you can only invest so much money because you don't have the amount of money to, you know, afford the stock of Apple. Kickstarter gives you the option to invest in an up-and-coming company for a low a lower amount of money than you would be for some companies and you get a little bigger reward. There's a little bit more risk and there's a little more reward with Kickstarter. Do I think like having a larger company starting a Kickstarter and offering something bigger to the people funding it is a bad thing? No, I think, I think it really comes down to the user on Kickstarter that like they need to do their due diligence and look into what am I actually putting my money into? Does this seem like a feasible thing? Is this guy putting these like ridiculously high goals for the money that he's going to get? And am I actually going to see a return on it? And then also be okay with the fact that, like, hey, you know, I'm kickstarting something. It's not, like, an established company. It's nothing that's, like, set in stone that's going to ha- happen right away. This is going to take time. This is going to take maybe more money than they planned. Every business venture that you go into, like, you're not going to – you can't always, like, 100% of the time plot out, I need X amount of dollars to do such and such a thing. Sometimes you have unforeseen expenses. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes your boxes get crushed and you have to sell your house and – as an investor, does that suck because you lost money and you might not see the return that you were looking for in what you put into the company? Yeah, it does. But you also got to come into Kickstarter realizing or any of these sites that allow this capability of thinking, okay, yeah, I could get something in return, but yeah, I am putting my money in there and I'm putting my faith in this person that they know what they're doing and can deliver on what they say they're doing. Yeah, it's just like it's just like any other type of investment. You could invest in Apple right as they announced the iPod, or you could invest in Microsoft right as they announced the Zoom. And on paper, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making fun of you, Pierce, as, a, as the one Zoom supporter who exists. User, yes. But it's just one of those things where sometimes things work out, yeah. and sometimes they don't. And oh, yeah. regardless of on paper, which, I mean, Blu-ray and HD DVD, you know. Yeah. It's laser disc. Yeah, yeah laser disc, mini, mini compact discs. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, that trend. All, all those different things. But uh, one thing I'm surprised we haven't brought up yet, um, the Ouya. Is that how you pronounce it? We yeah. were just talking about that. Yeah, we were too. actually talking the way over. How are you pronouncing it all the way over? Ouya, Oya, Ouya, I think yeah, is what I, I believe I call it that thing that you can plug into your TV and play yeah. uh, and <laughs> throw games. games. Yes, yeah. phone games. <laughs> um, I mean, that was one of those things, and this is, this is interesting, I think, anyway. So you get into this disconnect where we've talked about like, hey, you know, and I agree with you, Dave. If you're on Kickstarter and you want to support Garden State 2, do so. I don't need to hear anything. Was that what he was doing? I think so, or it was a spinoff or something. You know, if you're a fan of Garden State, by all means, like, I I have nothing against it. I don't think I've actually ever seen it, which surprised me. Garden State? We watched it together. 
No, I've never seen Garden State. Are you thinking Jersey Girl? Yeah, that's probably what it is. Okay. It's the um, same thing. And it's not nothing against him. I, I like... I know they're not. I like the first several seasons of Scrubs. I liked his cameos in Arrested Development, or Cameo. I don't remember if he was there for just one episode. I think it was one. just the one. Yeah. But it was funny. Yeah, you know. well, I didn't see it at the conference. Oh, I tell... tell. Tell, what was it, Telescope? Yeah. Uh, if you did a Kickstarter for Floating Head Doctor video game, that would be awesome. <laughs> but, so, you have these you have these differences between things. People go, oh yeah, I want to support that, ooh, versus, yeah. Ooh, yeah, or, no, screw that person, I don't want to invest in them, or whatever. Okay, so that's one level. But then you have another level of something like the Ouya, where... It's interesting for me, and granted, I, I wish uh, I wish um, Brandon was here with the, you know, the economic... <laughs> no, because then he would be like, supply and demand, supply and well, demand. Well, no, but that, that's where I'm getting into, where you have something like the Uya, where, okay, from the outside, lots of people are excited about this. Fine. Totally cool. I get why people are. But you take a step back, and I'm, I'm A, not an Android guy. I've, I've owned an Android. I hated it. It's besides the point. But... Pretty much any economist could have told you from the moment the Uya was announced... This is a bad long-term investment. <laughs> this is, you know, I get that people are excited about it yeah. versus something that maybe not as many people are excited about, but it got funded and whatever. I get that at least a vocal amount of people are excited about it. It gets funded. But in general, bad idea. And that's because, you know, just from the tech specs alone, it was going to be behind the times by the time it came out. It's Android games, which means you have no sustainable income because people don't pay for them. Yeah. Um, it's open source, which is almost always bad in terms of an investment. And I'm not saying they're bad, you know, for people who like them. For people who use them, can be awesome. But in terms of an investment, usually not strong. Yeah. For obvious reasons. For the same reasons that people like to use them, or the same reasons <clears throat> it's uh, it's not really a safe investment. It's you know piracy and all those kind of things. But so, what are your thoughts on this? So the Uya comes out. Yeah. I guess for anybody who doesn't know, and Taking aside all the problems they had with getting out the shipments on time to people who had kickstarted it yeah. versus all those other things, but, you know, it comes out, it doesn't really sell, people aren't interested in it, the games that can run on it are two years old, and it's only a few games, and everybody pirates them anyway. Where, I mean, how do you look at things, when you, when you look at something that you might want to invest in, or even if you don't haven't invested in anything yet, when you look at things that you're weighing, the pros and cons, where do you, do you look at, at whether... Yes, I want this, but it's not going to work, or whatever. Because I mean, for some things, like for the albums I've invested in, a they were fully funded. But even yeah. if they weren't, if they work out, I get an album. Also, it's a one-time deal. That's exactly. I get the album, etc. Yeah. But then there's there's further things where a game console or there was that really cool um, when um, when they first released the the iPod Nano that was the screen, the touchscreen one. Mm-hmm. There was this really cool Kickstarter project which got funded and everything. For a watch band, basically, it was a watch band that you could install the iPod Nano in, so it turned it into yeah, a watch. I, uh, yeah, it was cool looking. It was. I actually cool. almost did that. Yeah. It was something I would wear. I mean, if I, if I wore a watch, like that was one of the main reasons. Besides the fact I didn't have an iPod Nano and didn't really have an interest in one because I'm, yeah. I'm I need more storage. You know, just for me personally, it wasn't yeah. the right thing. But I was like, that's really cool. But by the time it comes out. The size of the iPod Nano has Nano has changed. Yeah. It no longer fits in the watch band. Also, people don't wear watches anymore. Hey, hey, hey. Generally, <laughs> generally, you know, nothing's wrong with watches. I own one. They're nice, whatever. But in general, you know, top hats are nice. People don't generally wear them anymore. Bring them back. Unless you're... Um, Star- Starburns? No. That's relevant. Abraham Lincoln. I, don't, I really don't know what you're going for here. Dave's wedding. What? Who wore a top hat to your wedding? No one wore a top hat to my No, he wore tails. Nick. Yeah, but yeah, so very few people are wearing them. But monocles. You know, for things that are one-time stops, one-time awards versus 
long-distance rewards, do you look at them differently when you're going to invest in something or thinking about investing? Oh, absolutely, because I followed the OUYA campaign very like avidly on Kickstarter because I thought it was a really cool thing. And both of you guys are Android guys, right? Yeah, both. Okay. But when I really looked into the OUYA, I was like, oh, hey, that kind of reminds me of those Atari controllers that you plug into your TV and you can play Pong on. And, and <laughs> Nothing against Pong? It's yeah, nothing against Pong, nothing against no Atari games. Nothing against Pong. But... Hey, this everything thing, against Pac-Man, but I do like yeah. Pong. Uh, but yeah, you could play like, like it gave you like thirty-two games. You could play Pong, Pac-Man, all kinds, all the old like nostalgic Atari games on your TV, and it was like thirty bucks. I was like, oh hey, that's really great. That's basically what the Ouya is going to be for Android games that you play on your phone. It's just a way to get them only on more a, expensive, only more yeah. expensive, and you get and it shinier. Yeah, and you get it on a bigger screen now because you can do like what like a 60, 60 inch flat screen TV playing your Android games that were your Tiny Birds or yeah, Wings or Angry you can play Angry Birds on a sixty inch screen. That's that's really great. That really doesn't appeal to me that much. And I can already do it on my Xbox. I can do yeah, I can do it on my Xbox, and it doesn't look like something that's really going to take off because of all the you know, open source, pirating, like everything they thought was a really cool idea to incorporate in the game. So in the long run, didn't want to invest it. Now, you're talking about like one-off things, like exactly. our friend Chaney, again, invested in a Kickstarter, Chaney. Evil Baby Orphanage, the card game. Which is actually a very popular game. It is game a right very, now. yeah, and I wish I had got, I found out about it and gotten, and logged on the Kickstarter and just opened it about a day after the Kickstarter closed for it. I really was disappointed I didn't invest in that one because, hey, at the end, I would at least get a really fun card game to play with my friends mm-hmm. if it took off or not. Right, that's true. Yeah. You pretty much, I, anything I was is reiterating where it's, it's the one-up thing where, you know, I don't, I mean, I do expect bigger companies that go on What's to... Cards Against Humanity, a Kickstarter as well? Uh, or maybe a proto-Kickstarter, at least crowd-sourced, yeah. crowd-funded? I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was, was Kickstarted. Cards Against just makes so much money on my word. <laughs> it's a great game. Um, it's a fun game. Yeah, because I think there are a couple, like, Kickstarter, you know, specific cards. Someday we're going to have to do an episode where it's just us playing Cards Against Humanity, Ugh. like, uncut, and then I'll, like, edit out. I'll, I'll, I'll beep everything that needs to be beeped, and that'll just be a beeper, beeper beep. Yeah. But anyway. Um, <laughs> It'll be called Beep Against Beep. That'll be the episode. <laughs> Pac-Man be beeping beep. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be funny. Because, you know, you just, you just beep the, the center syllable, the center Pixelated two letters or whatever. Beep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we'll, we'll play Cards Against Humanity with your mom. No, no, that was a mistake. Play Cards Against Humanity with Denise. That would be that would be hilarious, but did we tell you the, the time that we foolishly played that around my parents? Yes, I did, and Pixelated yeah. Beep came up. Well, all, all of the cards came up, and my dad was all like, huh. Okay, that's a thing now. Oh, you kids and your crazy... uh... No, because my dad was just like, why pixelated? I'm like, oh. (laughs) Well, because you can't show it on TV because they pixelate it out. I was like... Because it's from Japan. Yes. Um, So, yeah, so I was was saying my my thing about the whole one-off thing like you guys were saying, where, you know, the uh, Ouya or whatever, it requires commitment. And people don't like commitment. Well, it requires things beyond commitment, but I mean, it also requires. I, I understand what you're yeah. saying, and that's true. But it also requires a marketplace that is going to be viable. You know, and, and what, general business plans are going to be viable, well, and well, some aren't, and some aren't. Which, by when I say it requires commitment, it, I'm really specifically talking about developers. It requires developers' commitment, and so unless you go into it with developers on board for it, you're not. And they had a couple. They, oh, they, I'm not, not saying enough. they didn't have anyone, and I'm not dissing the movie. I wish it would take off more, but I'm saying people are lazy, and they want a product. 
And so people are going to drop 20 bucks on a Kickstarter to get a CD, to get, um, you know, Evil Baby Orphanage, you know, because all they have to do is drop that 20 bucks and, like, you know, several months, they get a product in the mail. It's a couple hamburgers, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah, ex- it's, you know, you're not buying, a, you know, a, a piece of stock. Exactly. For, you know, three hundred bucks. You know, you do the you do the ooh yeah. You're you're spending hundred dollars. You're getting a system. Cool, great. But then it's all dependent on what developers actually decide to do something for that. And, and the developer market now, obviously, more than ever, you're having people doing it for fun and doing it because they actually have an idea and a passion they're about. But the majority of the industry is solely about where the money is because it's all about what the publisher. And wants. it's not in Android. So. And it's not in Android. So you know you don't have the fan commitment that you would need for that platform. <laughs> and so, like I said, people don't like commitment, and, you know, so you're going to have less people interested in it. So that's, re- yeah, like what you guys were saying, it comes down to, do I get the product, or is there work required in it? And, you know, when I'm done, people want that. Unless it's, you know, something that's going to become a series, you know, I'm sure War Machine, um, I'm sure the, the video game that they designed is going to have a lot more you know, expansions down the road, et cetera, et cetera, people, you know, might But in that case, that, you know, going back to the Kickstart versus traditional funding, exactly. in the case of a sequel, once you've established, hey, this is a viable thing, yeah. should you go back to Kickstarter or should you go to standard investment models and say, look, we've now proven that the people want this, theoretically, assuming it all yeah. works. People wanted this, they're willing to pay for it, so give us X amount of dollars, yeah. get 10% of it, whatever. Yeah, you know your standard investment model. Should they or should they go back to Kickstarter? Where should it be up to the company, and who cares? Well, and 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 that is actually a defense I would say for uh, the Kickstarter model because I think a fan base is going to be a lot more trusting than investors will, because um, you know investors are the death of ingenuity, and not all the time. Yeah, it, but it can be. but very often, like you know, I think that's why investors would be much more likely to invest in you know say. Call of Duty, that's going to be the kind of the same Absolutely. thing every year as opposed to... You know. it's, it's, it's a business. It's just exactly. like we're talking about. Just like we think about what I invest in this Kickstarter program when it comes to X TV show or X movie, and investors doing the same thing, except they're doing it on the long term. I have X amount of dollars, yeah. and I need to make X amount of return on my dollars, so I need to invest in the thing that's going to have the highest you know, expected return you know, versus the lowest expected return, because even if it's not a business, even if it's billionaire X who's investing in something, he still wants to make the highest investment on his return. Oh, yeah. Know, or her return. You know. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is the fan base is going to be much more, oh, you did this thing that I already love, I, you could like hit me in the face with a hammer and I'd be okay with it because you did it. You See, know, it like, coming from a company that would have had, that like, hypothetically speaking, the company had success from their first Kickstarter campaign, I feel like at that point it's really up to the company's discretion to figure out what they want to do. Maybe after oh, that point, they, yeah, at that point they've had large success with their Kickstarter campaign. Maybe at that point they might want to consult an investing firm and be like, hey, we have this thing. It was successful. Would you consider investing in this? Would you consider funding us for our second part of whatever they're doing? The next iteration. Yeah, the next iteration of what we're doing. At that point, it's really go from there. It's like, does, do the investors want to invest in it? No. Okay, back to Kickstarter. Back to our fan base that, to quote Pierce, can, smack, can get smacked in the face with a hammer and be completely fine with it and give them money. As long yeah. as they like the person holding the hammer. At that yeah. point, I feel like if you're a business and you're trying to like continue your business, do whatever works for you. Yeah, and I mean, and there's still even in that situation where it's the, the next iteration, the next sequel, whatever. If what's the company that owns War Machine? Privateer Press. Oh, Privateer Press. Interesting. Um, do they have any problems with piracy? <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually yeah, it's all pirate. Based. Um, but anyway, 
you know, the, the one thing they do still have to gain, let's say game one is huge success, awesome. The one thing they do still have to gain from Kickstarter over standard investment models is the creative control. Yeah. You know, for most of the Kickstarters, they're not giving creative control to anyone. They still get to hold on to it. Exactly. That can be good. That can be very bad. It can be very good. It can be very bad. I'm not saying one is more than the other. A, a creative person given a bunch of money to run around in a playground and do whatever they want can produce awesome results. It can make terrible results. Oh, yeah. Like we talked know. about, you know, the horror stories. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't even just mean in terms of, like, you know, if you crowdfund a movie from some awesome creative person that you love and it comes out awesome, that movie you get could be great because there was no creative control and the creative person got to do whatever they wanted or it can come out terrible because, hey, this person has great ideas but they need someone to rein them in and they need someone to give them that. This really doesn't work. <laughs> but I mean, that wasn't a creative thing. That was that was a business thing. That was more. Of a oh yeah, yeah. But you know, you can you can have all those kind of things where you find out, you know, creative person who complains about creative oversight. It can turn out that you might hate it, but it's the creative oversight that really makes your thing special. Yeah. Because you are concentrated creativity, and sometimes concentrated creativity can be too much. Oh, yeah. But you never know, and exactly. it depends on the individual person. Do we have anything else to say about? Uh, Crowdfunding, crowdsourcing, Kickstarter, Indiegogo. Oh, I was going to work in the the Steve Jackson thing about how he made a bajillion dollars. But, Steve Jackson, uh, Jackson Games. He made um, Munchkin is the one I know him from. Most he's made a ton of different. Yeah, games. and, and it's, which is funny because most people know Munchkin, and the casual board game players like, oh yeah, Munchkin. Hardcore board game players hate Munchkin with a passion on my word. But um, uh, yeah, it, one of his, I think it was his first game was called Ogre, and like he did a Kickstarter to you know, try to, you know, remake this game, like, 6th edition, and he made, like, $6 million. And he was like, oh, okay, people really like this game. Okay. And so, you know, so I think that's the, you know, the antithesis to, I don't want to pick on Tim Schafer because I love his stuff, but, you know, where, it, you know, it's it can be really big or it can be really bad or, you know, you can just kind of average out. So, unrelated to anything, but uh, just want to throw that out there. Dave, you got My ending comment is this, I like, I love Kickstarter. I think it's a really great thing. Would I ever use it to make a long-term investment in something? Probably not. I would probably use Kickstarter for more like the instant gratification. Okay, I'm doing what you're doing. I'm putting money into an album. I'm putting money into a small card game. And I'm getting a small card game or an album that if I really wanted to invest my money into something larger, I'd probably save up a little bit of money and actually buy stock in something that might have a larger return in the long run. I probably wouldn't. I feel like Kickstarter is a little bit too volatile of a market for some of the things that they're offering, but yeah, it's a really cool thing, and I love using it for smaller things. One last question that I thought of, that I feel like this conversation would kind of be incomplete, now that I've thought about yeah. it, if we didn't talk about this. All three of us are somewhat creative people. You know, Pierce and I podcast regularly, Dave and I have been in bands together, I write stuff. Okay, so ten years down the line, you want to create Dave an album, or me a book, or Pierce, you know, whatever. Would you consider crowdsourcing your project, or would you want to go the more traditional route? While you're thinking, I will say, yeah, that's, that's. I think generally I would almost rather go the traditional route because I'm the type of person who complains about oversight but knows I need it. Okay, that's fine. I need those other cooks in the kitchen to rein me in and to direct me and give me deadlines and other things. I know that I, when I'm left to my own devices, there's a good chance nothing will get done or the thing that will get done will be done last minute and done poorly, Yeah, <laughs> even as much as I hate the oversight. If I came up with an idea that I didn't immediately 
completely pick apart in my own psyche. That's true as well. Yes, I, I would probably I'd probably go through Kickstarter just because it would be, hey, I'm going to try it. If I get something out of it that people like, that's great. If I get a one-off and people are okay with it, then maybe it wasn't meant to be. But yeah, I think I'd try it through Kickstarter just because there's still a risk, but as the person starting the Kickstarter, I feel like there's there's a little bit, again, like a little bit, I'd see quicker fruition on whatever I'm trying to do. I'd say the one the one um, caveat to what I said before would also be like, if I already had, let's say, a book fully written, yeah. where I had an album fully written, like I hadn't recorded it, like maybe in those cases where I'm already really invested in it personally, like creatively, yeah. a large portion of it is already done. In those cases, I would consider, you know, yeah. something with less oversight because, okay, it's more like I just need to get to the finish line. I've got everything else done. Yeah. You know, I just need to get copies printed or yeah. something or, or, or pressed or recorded or whatever. That might be an, an, a, a difference. All right, so I'm trying to think here because I, I would probably say I'm, I'm the least creative person in this. You did do that children's book the one time. <laughs> when you were an actual child. <laughs> when I wasn't actually the golden monkey, oh my word. Which, ironically, I drink now. But, um, it's like. Not real golden monkeys. He likes a beer called Golden Monkey, just yes. to clarify. It's not <laughs> a Temple of sh- Doom thing. <laughs> I have them shipped in, yes. No, um. Yeah, I juice them myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's like Goldschlager, it's just. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it, if I. Let's just say I invented a board game. You know, because the only other thing I could possibly imagine I would never need funding for is some kind of, like, homeless organization that I'll try to start. But That's not really a Kickstarter type. No, program. exactly. Um, I would, so let's say I invent a board game. My my kind of first thought is, who am I? You know, so... Why should anyone give money to me type deal? Uh, yeah, okay. where, I mean, I've seen it happen with board games. Like, you know, no-name people come with, with an idea, they present it well enough, and all of the internet buys it. You know, I've seen it happen with a lot of different board games, but what I would, I would probably actually, not to try to, you know be the odd guy here, but I would try to maybe infuse the two a little bit, where I would go to maybe one of the smaller companies that at least have a, has a name, and say, hey, I want to do this idea, can I at least have your name as a backing, you know, okay, partner, and, sure. and then go to Kickstarter for the actual funding for it, and but do all things through that company. So that's probably the, the route I would take. Okay. So, so use, the, use the notoriety of the smaller company as a name to back your product and then but also some oversight presumably to be like yeah. hey we yeah. know games we know what works we know what doesn't you know they can give you tips on oh okay these nine out of ten things could probably or these yeah. eight things probably work this ninth thing needs some tweaking the tenth thing won't work we've tried it and you know whatever you yeah know? exactly so something along those lines but still go to the people for the funding so that'd probably be a smart way to do it honestly yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, think, well, that's I, I think that wraps it up so yeah. I'm Jordan from Jersey I'm Pierce from Jersey I'm Dave from Jersey have a good week everybody Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at jordan at legionofdudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N at legionofdudes.com. Or follow me on Twitter at jordanfrmjersey. That actually kind of picked up on the mic a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's there. You have to do this in a closed room with all three of us. This is as bad as doing an elevator. No, that'd have a lot more background noise. (laughs) Actually, probably. (laughs) You (laughs) hear...